All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Can You Teach Me That? My name is Martin Clausen. And I'm Neil Drow. And today we got Chris Moore with us. And we're already, I'm, I'm smiling as I'm saying this because uh, we were just talking about how I should actually introduce Chris. And you know what? Instead of me actually being vague about it, I'm going to do something on you. Like, you know what? I'm going to do my icebreaker question. Chris is in one of the many industries that he's in. This is in, it's in the film industry. It's also in the, uh, the video game industry. Uh, he does some... Uh, voice acting and this is just kind of what i know so so far but i know there's going to be more but chris before we get this going please let me know uh, if you could live in any or if in your favorite tv uh show movie or book which would it be and why wow um if i could live in any hmm You know, I guess it would probably be, ooh, maybe like one punch. Oh, wow. <laughs> And you're the lead? You're, you're one punch man? <laughs> like, nah, I mean, I wouldn't have to be a one punch just because he's so dope. But it's also... I would like, I would just have, uh, I would just want to be able to train and do that because that's exactly what I did as a kid. All right. I say already there's it's story time. Like, listen, usually the way we go about this is to let people know this is the specific industry and this is the job the, the, the guest is in. I'm going to have to just throw the ball to you and kind of however far back you want to take us to kind of lead up to where you are now what you're doing now of the story to make sense like this is for anybody that may want to follow in your footsteps and whatever blueprint you feel like you can create for somebody uh take us as far back as you want to take us to to where the story of, of chris Moore and the career that you're in now begins gotcha um well i guess you know i was just a i'm just a weird kid i was like I'm a weird black dude from Virginia that never was black enough and never was white enough. So, <laughs> and it's like, I grew up on Looney Tunes. So it's like, I grew up like watching racist, funny shit, mm -hmm. you know? And my, my thing was, uh, I really like, I really enjoy fighting. Like, the nicest dude ever but the art of the battle is one of my favorite things so um i really i i started watching like kung fu movies and doing like you know just doing stuff like that and then i started taking kung fu but then i started like actually learning kung fu what age uh i, was, I think i started around four okay All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That. In my head, you were like nine or ten, but yeah, all right. We're four. No, no. Yeah. Like, um, and I started wrestling around the same time, too. Uh, I didn't want to play football, though. Did not want to play football. The reason why I didn't want to play American football is because at that age, it's flag football. There's no tackling. Mm -hmm. That wasn't about that life. 
like okay. my whole yeah my whole thing was like fucking another kid up it was just like <laughs> and were you a like, big kid like what was the what was the, your stature at that age <laughs> um man at that age i don't know i'm not as big as my son my son now is like five years old four and a half feet tall and 115 pounds pretty much and he's so he's the he's the average size of a nine-year-old at five i weighed 115 pounds at so, all right. Uh, but yeah, I was I was bigger than most. I was bigger than all kids. Way stronger than most than all kids. And it's, I just had the the will and the want to just do whatever I intend to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And not that like not being not being like everybody else it just made it even way worse and so that's how i learned to just have fun with life and that's why I, that's why i do voices it's like i create characters because it's funny you know what i mean like and that's i guess that's what led me on this path you know Okay, so there's a massive gap that I have to get filled out. So four Dude, years it's old, so much. I'll, I'll I'll just guide you through it then. So like four years old, you're doing kung fu, doing <clears> it <throat> because you, you kind of just got fascinated with it. And from what I can understand now, you kind of you didn't fit in. It felt like to a lot of people. Were you like a strong-willed uh, kid, or did you kind of like were you like a quiet kid that just went on your path doing what you wanted to do, or what was the personality type at that stage? Um. I'm the kid that everybody knew. Like, it's, I'm, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, um, I wasn't, I was, I was never a follower, but I always like to protect my friends and I want to do for others. Okay. You know, and I, it's, I just like being a goofy motherfucker. Like I, I would do voices and like beatbox and like just create sounds and like just. I was terrible in school though. It was awful. Okay. God awful in school. Okay. Um, and that makes you feel that makes you feel terrible. You know, like you're a kid. Like, and then. They diagnosed me with like ADD and stuff, but it was like, eh, shit's just pretty fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, eh, I'm just kind of bored. Yeah. Because it didn't it didn't excite me. Like what they were trying to teach us, it's like, uh, uh, you know, I can pick that up at home. But look at that guy over there doing whatever it's like i don't know it's my my excitement for just the random things and just kept you know not being stuck on one one point or one uh never being like never like uh just stifling myself with any goal it's like all right this is this is me. This is me. It's cool. And it's not cool. But whatever. I'm okay. strong. And 
I can just beat everybody up if I want to. You know, it's, it's kind of like, if you're going to be strong, you better be, like, if you're going to be dumb, you better be strong. So take me to what was the first kind of gig you got then, as far as within this, where it may necessarily not have been like something that your graduation or your degree or anything carried you towards. Uh, what was the first kind of paid gig or something where you felt like, okay, I'm going to try to apply for this? What kind of like job or role was that? For, well, okay. So in Virginia, we have a, we have a theme park called King's Dominion. It's called King's Dominion and 15, I was 15. Me and all my closest friends, we called ourselves the MNBC. That was our like, that was our click. So we all got jobs at King's Dominion. 15, 16, we're driving cars up there. Gas is cheap. Everybody's having fun. Me, I get assigned to like the video game area. And once again, I did whatever the fuck I really wanted to do. I like, I knew how to talk to the bosses where they would just let me just fuck off like i could literally sit there and do nothing and they're like chris you're doing so great oh my god i'm like thanks and then you have my friend aaron who's literally working hard they're like aaron uh you know we really want you to know that we appreciate you trying but you know we've had some complaints and he's and Aaron and my friend Aaron is one of the smartest dudes ever. Super smart. But yet it, it was it was so weird. And the day I really thought about that, this is and that's why I'm saying this is a paid gig. I got taken off of I got taken off of one of the games in the theme park to follow my boss and B box for her. That's how I just, I just be by, I just walked behind her and gave her theme music for the day. That's all I did. Okay, so how, so how did that, that, do you remember how that, so I got a million and one questions already, but how did that come about? Like, do you remember that? What is that conversation like? <laughs> Does she come up to you or do you offer? Well, you know, I like, I was, I don't know. I would be, I'd be box to think sometimes. I'd be box just to be box. And, you know, B-Box, flirt. She thought I was cute. It's like, she's my boss. And she, I think she was even, she was probably like a year or two older than me. But um, yeah, I just followed her around for like a day or so, just B-Boxing. I just got paid to do that. What'd you get paid? I loved it. Huh? what did you get paid? What What is the fee for beatboxing and following you around or getting followed around, having a personal beatboxing? I, I mean, I don't remember what we got paid back then. It was like nothing. But we're teenagers. Yeah, yeah. We're just like, you know, we're not paying any bills. But, you know, like, we would work only two days and get yeah, like, okay. you know, 300 bucks or something. And we're like, oh, snap, $300. So you're like, yeah. And one day I'm like, I didn't have to do nothing today. I just walked behind her and beatbox. And everybody's like, Chris, I don't know how you do this shit. I'm like, huh? I don't know how I do it either, but I saw you niggas sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and that just makes it funny to me. 
It's, it's so the thing is what I'm hearing here, right, is that you may have some sort of ability, of course, to uh, to persuade and have some some likable character traits that people then just gravitate towards. Is it something that you felt like you had to learn yourself? I know you seem it kind of came natural, but you also seem to probably have picked up some of the the humor and whatnot from the shows you watched. Or what was some of the again in the essence of somebody maybe trying to follow your footsteps? Like what would you say gave you that confidence and, and gave you those traits? Um, you know, the best thing that I can say is, uh, I learned it from pain. I, I learned it from literally being hurt okay, and being so down and sad that I needed to create and help and like see other people smile and make, make them think that I was happy when I really wasn't because mm. I didn't know how to open up at that time because I was a kid. So it was a defense mechanism. And um, for somebody that would want to learn something like that, don't do it as a defense mechanism, <laughs> you know? Good advice, yeah. But also never never truly see pain as a down because I use that pain as my fuel to achieve. And that's exactly what it was. It's like, I made sure like all the naysayers, anybody that tried to put me down, I'd be like, all right, that's cool. You don't think I'm going to do this? Boom. I'll see you soon. And was this a result then of uh, scenarios <clears throat> like you said that you may have feel like felt like you were a little bit of an outsider, or was this a case of like, without you giving us detail, but like a broken home that resulted in that kind of pain, or or was it just being the not that awkward kid and and not be, feeling like you faded in? You know, it's it's being an outsider. It's being an it's being a weirdo, like. I was a black kid trying to skateboard before black kids were skateboarding. Trailblazing. I was, yeah, it's like I remember listening to house music in like 1995, and they're like, "Why are you listening to game music?" <laughs> it's like now every black person is listening to house music. Oh, this shit's hot. Just shut the fuck up. Like, it's like, it's like you know. Uh, and that that wasn't that wasn't the norm. It just wasn't the norm for uh, a black male in America to talk proper, not try and be all gangster. I grew up in a, like a big ass house. Um, my dad was a professor. My mom was a computer specialist for IBM for a long time, and then she was uh, like the main VP for like technology of the county that I grew up in. Impressive. Um, and so it's just like, yeah. Um, I remember one time my friend Crystal got lost in my house and she had to use the intercom to figure out. I was like, she was like, Chris, I don't know where I am. I was like, if you're near an intercom, you're obviously in a room. Look around the corner do you see some stairs? And she was like, uh, there's a hallway. 
follow the hallway. You'll see stairs. This is not, this, this isn't hard. So come on, Crystal. So this is so fascinating. I didn't, I had no clue we were going to go into this kind of like conversation. Or I didn't know it all. But so what I'm hearing here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with my little pocket philosophy, right? It seems like that uh, you kind of, for better or for worse, were stuck in this weird situation where you were actually looked down upon for being of like a quote unquote successful family and didn't fit into what like the, the oh, norm, yeah. norm would be. So you were oh, almost yeah. fake. You were forced into being pretending to be worse off than what you actually were. Well, and not even worse off. It's like I didn't. I I honestly didn't get it. I was like, you know, because I was a <laughs> kid. Like being dark skinned back then sucked. Being dark skinned now sucks. Being black <laughs> in America sucks. Being in America sucks. But it's just like. Damn. It's like back then being dark skinned, not conforming to like what everybody else cared about. You got made fun of. And that just, it would like, it would fuck with me. You know, I, but I, I had an older, I have an older sister and my older sister is a real ass nigga. Like she just is. Like Tamara is somebody I love. Tamara is somebody I care about. But you know, it sucks when you get picked on by like all the older kids, and you're just a big ass kid that everybody calls crazy Chris. I'm a psycho, and nobody wanted to fight me because that's what I'm about. And being an outcast that people that you play football with i'm in i'm playing football with you but yet i don't really connect with like we've been like i have a bunch of friends that we've been friends for years but they didn't watch cartoons they really liked football i didn't give a fuck about football well, i don't care about football like i wouldn't like i care about cartoons the imagination, like, okay, cool. This guy's running up and down, they're touching butts. Sweet. <laughs> Seems kind of, uh, I don't know. Seems a little gay, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like... Okay. So what have you ever it? played American football? Uh, I never played it. I have a friend that played. Uh, he's like yourself. He's the, he's the big guy. Um, you know what? It's too much equipment, too much stuff at all. Like rugby would be the thing that people play over here, right? See, I love rugby. But see, if you play American football and you're the center, which I have, I've been a, the center. Another dude has a touch of nuts. I'm oh, not about the, that life. For the hike, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I don't I don't knock, I don't knock anything like that. It's uncomfortable for me. That's fair. And I hate practicing. I was like, it's hot. I'm fat. I want to watch cartoons and play video games. Why do I like? Why do they have me out here? Like this is. Ah. You fit the mold. That's probably it, right? So, so what happened? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. If it helps, I got in trouble at school because I wouldn't play rugby. They wanted me to be on the team, and I'm like, 
I hate the game. I'm short. I'm skinny. I'm not made for the game. Why would I try out for the team? But like that got back to my parents and everything. It's like, just why? And, and see, that's what I don't want to do with my son. Like my son is probably going to be really big. I hated getting forced to play football. I hated it. I didn't like all because I hate being hot. So I have to put on pads, multiple pads. I have to put on a helmet. And then we're practicing in the fucking summer. The time I really don't want to come outside. Ugh. And then you want to, like, at that time, it's like physical exercise wasn't about it. Was not about it. So it's like you get forced to do things as a kid. Yeah, it builds character sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Because maybe that kid doesn't want to do that for a reason. And I, so I totally understand what you're saying. It's like I got forced to play football when I had the flu. I'm throwing up and I'm literally at a football game because I was one of the star players on the, on the little league team, mm. but I couldn't do anything. I was sick. I was crying. I was like throwing up. I had like, there was nothing I could do, but that's, it was, it's an all, it's like a safe face thing. Mm. You know, nowadays so it wouldn't, that wouldn't fly. And I imagine you, as you said that you wouldn't let your, your, your kids go through with that. So that's, that's the lesson from it. So what, if you, what happens then from when you finish the school, like, how do you, what, what is Chris's career looking like? How do you get into, to do what you do today of the many things? Oh man. Well, so I'll do like through school. I was just me. I was just having fun, driving my BMW, having a good time, like just being a fucking weirdo. And I was an asshole. <laughs> I was just a straight up dick. I was a douche. Um, but I started bodybuilding and uh, there's going to be a whole block I don't want to talk about. Uh, and I will know and he will tell you why. Noted. But there's a whole block where I got to travel the world, do exciting things. Um, and then, you know, me being me and just saying, fuck everybody else. I, I this is what I really want to do. My number one critic was my mother. Oh, I'm adopted by the way. I don't know if I ever told you that. No. Yeah. I'm adopted. So the number one person that would shit on my dreams was my own mother. And that shit breaks your heart. Broke my heart. So what's the, like, what's, what, uh, what's the, and not that I want you to necessarily paint it, but to what degree, like somebody just saying like, you, you're making a mistake in your career path or somebody saying like, no. you're not able to do this. Oh no, 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 man. Think about somebody that hates you and talks about you behind your back. 
Okay. Put it that way. Yeah, that wouldn't. That's yeah. That's not right. nice. Like I like, dude. It's. You know, I mean, my mom did so many things that really fucked me up, but also I made sure she was going to be my biggest fan. And that she is now. She always wants to tell tell everybody about what movie I'm in. What movie are you working on now? So so what I wonder is, like, you, she, you say there, sorry to cut you off, but just for me to get it, like, uh, rehashed quickly. So you're saying that she, you kind of wanted to, to prove her wrong by making her your biggest fan, but it also seems to me like that was like a, a little bit of an odd motivation factor because you may not have wanted it when you got what you wanted there, or am I overanalyzing that? Oh, no, no. All right, so I get what you're saying. I always just wanted her to love me. Yeah. I was a little, I was, you know, I was a little yeah. kid, and um, I just wanted, I see all my other friends have a mother that showed them love my mom never really told me she like was proud of me you know she was the reason why i was playing football with the flu okay i never missed a day of school even though i was sick because my mom was like you're fine yeah you know it was there was no like true like motherly care or concern and like I said, she worked for IBM for a long time. So I could, I was building, I built a network in our house at the age of 10. Um, I was connecting to the internet. I like made a mainframe. So all four computers that she brought home from IBM, they were talking. And I'm like working off like 40 gigs of RAM, like, like 40. I'm like, woo, look at that. And Things that she would do just kind of suck. It fucked my sister up, fucked me up. And she was just like, bleh. So instead of being down about it, I use it as strength. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to make sure that she was wrong. And and that was and that's the thing. It's like People should never, ever, ever, ever let someone else tell them that they can't do anything. Because it's like, oh, man. When someone's like, well, you know, this, I feel like this is how you are. And it's like, that's cool that you know me better than me, even though I've been living with myself for 34 years. You should write a book on me because I would need to read it, being that at me. <laughs> you know, it's like... I, I think I, I think I know me better than you, but you got it. You know, it, it's I never let anybody stifle my shit anymore. I just can't. I can't. That's fair. So t take me through your your. your uh, I really want to hear about like the 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 first movie you got. What was it? How did you go about it? Like, why did you even go into it to begin with? And I you alluded to it, but like, how did it come about? Um, the first movie I worked on. Actually, I was still in film school, uh, and it's called Zombie, Zombie, Zombies. And we were still we were still students, um, and it's 
I met one of my really good friends, V, on that movie. And it's about a, a, a strip club that is getting attacked by zombies. Mm-hmm. And we are it's in Orlando, Florida. And it's from a strip club that they tore down. And God, that place was nasty. Oh, God. It was awful. But yeah, it, it was it was hilarious. It's it's not a great movie in any way, shape, or form because it has a bunch of fucking like film students on it. But I mean, and then but actual real actors. But who like the people shooting it are the teachers from Full Sail and their best students that they had, and I just have to be one of them. So how and, long uh, you in film school for? Uh, I was in film school for a year, a year and a half. Because at Full Sail, they have an accelerated... I think you have to go there for two years now. It's a great school. I had a great time. Um, it's You make of it whatever you make of it, just like anything. Yeah. But I learned a lot, made a lot of friends, had a lot of fun. And I wouldn't change it for the world. So, So you graduated from it, and then what was the first, like paying gig again like what was the first film like feature uh, you were on so after i graduated from it i started doing mma so then i just traveled the world like doing martial arts and doing what shit like class? that uh i fought at light heavyweight i fought at 205 oh no those are some yeah yeah like how I'm many fights Japan. huh how many fights um, I'm 16 and no, my pro career. Okay. So, and, and so what, where are we? What years are we in now? So this is from 2006 to about 2009. 16 fights in that span. Yeah. Just like went hard. That's fun. This is a whole nother podcast. Honestly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like, I've done quite a bit in my life. Yeah, in a short span. Okay, so so I'm almost inclined to gloss over that because I I think we, we kind yeah of, we like like the, the movie things here and then I almost have to that, talk about that, that goes but that goes into the movie stuff. Okay, okay, tied and, together. So I was out in LA and um, going back and it's like one of my friends called me and was like, hey man. You want to like come to Georgia and get back in the film? I was like, sure. Me and him moving together. Um, and the first job he got me on, Matt Murray, he got me on, um, what is it? MTV's, uh, it's like my Super Psycho Sweet 16. Super Psycho Sweet 16. <laughs> I've only heard of I worked, Sweet 16. I never heard of that one. Yeah. It's, it was a, the MTV show, a like well movie. Um, I worked two days on it. One day paid, second day free. Uh, and it was my first two days and like my first weekend out. Like I legit went back to, like drove from Virginia, went back to Virginia, drove from Virginia, to Atlanta and then they took me to a strip club called the Pink Pony and then the, like a day later he got me on set with him and then the next day I worked for free. What were you but, cast as? 
I was gripping. I was like just gripping. I wasn't doing stunts or anything. What's gripping? Okay. So gripping. All right. Here's a here's a good one. So I do grip, lighting, stunts, and now I'm doing props and armor, like guns and stuff. I'm trying. I'm learning that. Um, but I I started off gripping. So gripping, if the uh, director of photography is God, his right hand would be light, his other hand would be the clouds. Grips are the clouds. They shape light. You know, it's not just a hard light. It, the, the definition of a grip is pretty much like lighting and camera support. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. So... Uh, Neil, are you understanding that? Yeah, I think so. So it's like shades of like you're doing like shadows and like the the mood light they, or, or they they do like they shape the light. It's like it, it's so hard to explain without getting really in like. In can you depth. forget? Do, is there like a scene from a movie where you can kind of go like, do you know this scene from this movie where the, this thing happens? It's cool if you can. I'm just curious now. Um. I mean, it, it's. Mm. But even when you say you're doing guns and armory now, is that like creating the the like prop guns or what does that entail? Uh, I mean, like the whole the the props. Like, first of all, the prop world is just crazy. But the gun stuff. So I've been building guns for years. So I I love building guns. And it's like, you know, in Georgia, you can't get a drink before 12, but you can buy an assault rifle. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Welcome that, to America. That sounds America. Yeah. America, man. You can't say it like America. America, <laughs> man. Talk about that goddamn. Uh, I, I, you what. I can because I'm English. So yeah. we've, we've got to say it like that. <laughs> well, come on, mate. <laughs> we can always say it like that. But Americans, these Yanks over here, they get a bit, they get a bit tossy, I say. Bunch of Muppets they are, but you know, they're a bit left and right. Is he pulling it off, Neil? Yeah, pretty good. Nice. Must be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're you're at a you're at this MTV uh, movie one day pay one day not pay like there's no casting call I kind of assumed or a casting call no no well see I didn't just start off like getting into like doing stunts and stuff like that um that's something that I just worked for you know so I would be doing the whole grip work and that's behind the scenes. So that's all behind the camera. There's so much more going into film that people don't realize. Mm -hmm. Like it takes a community to make a movie, to make a show. Like people are like, oh, that's so easy to shoot. Like, mm -mm. no, it's not. Like you could see something for three seconds. It took us two days to shoot that three seconds. Yeah. There's like so much just shooting and that's not right. Oh, I don't like that. Lighting's fucked up. Who the fuck is that in the background? 
we're up. It's like, but there are, it's a hierarchy. It's high school. Like the film industry is just high school all over again. And hands down (laughs) is it's childish. It's like ridiculous. And it's an industry based off of fictitious things. That's it's make believe, right? At the end of the, so wait, right? Answer me. What's, what's the biggest uh, feature you've been on? Well, I sent you the picture of me in Avengers. I mean, I'm in Avengers, Black Panther, uh, Fast and Furious Eight. Uh, so there you go. Yes. I'm in the three highest grossing movies ever to be seen in the world. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, without you, it's like. What, what, what were you doing in them? And then also I want to know, like, what do you enjoy doing about it the most then? Um, I enjoy... I enjoy the people. A lot of the people are great in just being able to learn something new. Because there's a lot of stunt people, there's a lot of actors that are just great people. And you can always learn something from them. If this is what you want to do, then don't want to do it. Do it. Like, if you knew better, you do better. Don't be sorry. Just be better. Like, when I set out on when I set out on my journey to get in the film industry, I always was like, "No, I'm gonna be in the film industry." Mm. When I set on my journey, it's like, I want to be a great fighter. I just set on my journey to be a great fighter. It's, what were the steps you took then? Like, when you say that, that that's the, I get the mindset is, is crucial to it, but then what's your kind of process towards, let's say, the writing? What, what would you then, what would be your first step as far as becoming a great writer? What would be your, your, your blueprint? I mean, like, uh, I don't write. I'm not a writer. Okay. I, I like, but if you want to be a great writer, write. It is the art of war. It's like practice makes perfect. You can't become good at anything that you don't do. You can't even become decent at anything that you don't do. Yeah. Like, never get turned, never feel bad about <clears throat> you writing something shitty. Okay, everybody writes something shitty. You used to walk shitty when you were a baby. So it's like you got to do something shitty to learn how to not do something shitty. Yeah, you when, know? Um, sorry, it's when I was doing martial arts, they like, were asking the grandmaster, how do you jump higher? And he literally just went, you jump and you keep jumping. You keep jumping. <laughs> it's like... Never fear a man that does a thousand kicks one time. You fear a man that does one kick a thousand times. If you really want to be a master or something, if that's your goal, repeat. Wash, rinse, and repeat. And that's the only way you can achieve it. Like, when you fail and you keep going, you never technically fail. That is success. Because you hitting the ground and seeing what you did wrong 
and you learning from that mistake, that makes you better. That makes you better than the rest. That makes you want it. There's people who hit the ground like, oh, this is, that shit hurt. Fuck it. I'm out. But you're like, all right, that sucked. All right, that sucked. But now I know not what to do. So let me change it up. And that's intelligence. That's that's learning. That's growth. That's what being a true like human is. It is about the advancement of yourself, your mind, and your spirit. Because no matter what, they all have to go higher for you to do better. To become something is more than just money. You can have money and be dumb as hell and weak as fuck. Money doesn't buy uh, true spiritual and like self-happiness. It is the, the nature of like the path that you took to accomplish because it's not supposed to be easy because then how can you get better once you're at the top? You'll never grow. You're not going to, you're not going to be an innovator. You can't innovate if you've never had to see something that was nothing and create something and become everything. So what got you to that kind of mindset? I know you said there there's a block you don't want to talk about, but from you starting out talking to us today, you were kind of saying that you may not have been like having the best childhood in your mind, and then you seem to have made a, a drastic change. Was there like a, a turning point you know, <coughs> that kind of put you on a, a better path? See, and see, that's the thing. My childhood wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. My mom was shitty, but my dad was awesome. My dad came from nothing and then became everything. You know, and hearing stories about him and his mother, which is my grandmother, and she was the best. She was the best. They were broke as hell. They lived on a farm and like a very racist part of Virginia. And my dad is 73. My dad was born in 1960. No, he was born in 19, uh, 1946. I mean, he was born in 1946, like right after World War II. They're black. They live in a super racist part of Virginia, which the high school is still called <laughs> Lee Davis High School. And if you you guys probably won't know, but Lee Davis was one of the main Confederate generals that hated niggas. Like he hated black people. Hated us. He he murdered a lot of black people. He did a lot of terrible things. Got a school. And yes, he and yes, he is still celebrated in Virginia. And I don't find anything wrong with that. Virginia is built on what Virginia's built on. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Wave the Confederate flag, be you. It's like, I don't care. Because 
that is the heritage. Like, people are like, oh, don't wear the Confederate flag. Then that means you want to forget about the history of, like, what people had to do. The story that my dad told me a long time ago and how he came from nothing and worked his way up to being able to buy us cars, buy, build a house when he like, they adopted my sister first. And then when they decided to adopt me, they built a house, they built a house. And it's just like, wow. Oh, and I can imagine, okay, so that's the empowerment behind it, right? So, so again, what was there then something then maybe I misinterpreted as far as like your mindset changing? Maybe this was always a part of you. We've done this always. No, no, that was always a part of me. Okay. But you did say, you alluded to yourself as being a, a douchebag in, a, in in high school. Oh, no. And I wouldn't, but I wouldn't categorize you. But I, really? Okay. I wouldn't categorize you as that. So that's, that's what <laughs> I, I was. I was, I would still be an asshole to like to a certain extent but i was always still very like i don't know i was just i was just chameleon i just had to like i read i read adapt and destroy that's what i did it was that was my way of you know that was my way of battling other people in situations because everything like you guys are just getting like the cliff notes like it's, this conversation would have to happen in like a series you know um that's like, okay. So, so fair enough, because I, I get that there's a lot of loose ends and I, I would be interested in doing it. So if we're going back, you mentioned to me yesterday, uh, or when we, whenever we spoke the last time we were, that yeah, you, it was yesterday. yesterday about, uh, that also now you got a, a gig coming up where you're like a voice acting for like a video game. So, so how did that come about? Um, that actually happened because I, I went to a, I worked for my friend V, who I met on Zombie Zombie Zombies. Oh, nice. See? Things tying together. Tying together, life. yeah. <laughs> so I met V on Zombie Zombie Zombies. He's one of my, like, he's a great man, great actor. Um, and he actually went to high school with my son's mom before I even met them. Like, my son's, like, my ex is five years, four years older than me. And I didn't live in Florida, so so this is like my life is very awkward about <laughs> about tying in together. But I, I end up working for V at an at a convention, a video game convention down in Florida in October, and I'm at a bunch of good people, a bunch of dope people, and. Some of these people were making a video game and I do voices. I, I have personalities. Um, and last week they asked me if I wanted to do one of the voices on the video games. 
it's just because they they liked who I was and they liked my personality and so you're you're super easy going right you're a fun personality even to have on show but then when you work are you how i i have this notion that then you you turn like quite like regimented and serious about it or am i wrong in that perception as well is it just i'll do no i'm i'm joking the entire time until i get frustrated about something that shouldn't be a problem it's like this is stupid as hell like why the fuck are we worried about this dumb shit and today was a terrible day at work And I'm just like, oh, God, like extras. Man, I've been ranting and raving about them all day. Like I've, I literally went to work yesterday at 2 p.m. And I got off of, I got home about 7 a.m. Um, so it's like, yeah, I, I get amazed at just the tomfoolery of humanity and like, It's like, yo, I know you want to go home, but you, it's like selfishness, you know? It's just like, yo, you want to go home? Cool. So do I. <laughs> And I don't know. It's, I, I'm, I'm very easygoing all the time until I get pissed off about something. Until you're not. Yeah. So, right. What's how how is life for you work wise? Is this on a week to week basis? Is it a day to day basis? As far as having gigs, is it like I'm I'm trying to like paint or figure out like kind of how it's it's all connected? I work when I want to work. Hands down. Okay. I work when I want to work. I pick my days. I choose. People call. I say no or say yes. Uh, but I uh, when Indi met me, I worked every. I worked constantly. Okay. I would get hired on a show and I would have to tell them like, yo, I can come to that show, but I'm still got a week left. And they're like, Oh, Hey, that's cool. Like I worked back to back shows. Uh, I guess for like six years. Okay. Like no break until I went to like ultra. That was the only time I took off was to go to Miami party for a week. And then I would come back straight to it. I didn't see my family for years. No, nothing. Okay. So are you, um, at this stage, it's like word to mouth. You told us you don't have an IMDb page or anything. So it's very much carried on by former employees or employers and so yeah. forth that they're doing it. And is this like a, I, I have the, no, the sense that that's fairly unique. That wouldn't be like the, the regular way that the people within the industry work. Or is that, am I wrong in that assumption as well? Like, um, I need to make an IMDb because I want to break out to different areas of the film industry uh, or like the industry itself. Um, and so I am going to be making an IMDb because I want to do like voice act, more voice acting and stuff like that. But it's like um, uh, a lot of times, no, it's not normal. It's absolutely not normal. But it's different for different areas. Okay. So I can't speak upon other areas, you know, like here, at my, I get my jobs by word of mouth. They're like, oh, Chris Moore, like, dude, uh, and that's how I get stunk gigs. I'll be doing lighting or something on a movie 
and I'll see some stuntmen that I've worked with, and they're like, Chris Moore, what's up, dude? You doing stunts with us? I'm like, nah, man, I'm just lighting. They're like, oh, whoa, okay, have you met the, the coordinator? I'm like, nah, because I don't like to bother the coordinator because I know he has a lot more to do than me hustling. And so it makes me feel, I get shy about it because I, I don't want to bother him. So I'll like move my way in periodically, but I, I've also lost jobs because of that, because I wasn't more aggressive mm -hmm. and because I was be, trying to be respectful, but it's a thin line you have to walk because it's like, man, you can be overly aggressive or not aggressive enough. And there's times I just don't believe in myself enough. I'm like, ah, because I, I've seen, like, I know some of the, the best, guys for stuff out here and I'm just like Duh. but at the end of the day it's still like well they they need me to do something too you know and it it just sucks when it takes uh the account of other other people to believe in you before you do so what's the goal, Chris? What are you in an ideal world where there would be no uh, self-doubt, there'd be no pressure, there'd be no kind of politics around it? What, what would you what would you want to do? Is it like is it lead roles? Is it voice acting? Like what's the what's the aspirations? Um you know, I want to be a stunt coordinator. I want to do fight scenes. I want to do some of the amazing, like really amazing dope fight scenes. Um all realism just like you leave a you leave a movie like yo did that dude really get his head snapped like, like ah. i want to do something like that they can never you do know? the rear naked jokes why is that why are they always looking like weak ass rear naked jokes they just never <laughs> look real for some reason i'm like come on i mean some of them do but they're rare it's it's hard because of camera angles okay because a camera angle with a red naked choke looks like you're just hugging him hugging somebody like ah you know and okay. a red naked choke does not last long at all no it's it's very fast like i have a red naked choke that is fast as hell yeah i don't want to i think you, I'll, like I'll you blink and it's gone it, you blink yeah. and it's the person's already out. Okay. So stunt coordinator. So despite all of these things, that's that's something that like, is it something you see career-wise or is this something more of the spur of the moment right now because you may have not done it? Like I'm trying to... Oh, no, no. The coordinator would be a career thing. Um, because that's that's just a vision. Now I get to create. You know, instead of living the dream, living someone else's dream, I get to live my dream. That's what we say in the film. It's just like, how you doing today? Living a dream. Well, living someone else's dream. Why not live my own? Even though I'm living my own, but it's like now I get to show you my own. Yeah. So some coordinators, they get to, like, they direct second unit. They direct all the action stuff. Yeah. So then you get a director's credit on top of being the stunt coordinator. Woo! The money. All right. So tell us, what did you do on Avengers? Just for like as an example. 
Um, I did most of the fight scenes. I'm, I'm part of the Jabari tribe. Uh, and, you know, we fight all the outriders. Like, we have to go through the portals and stuff. Yeah. What's you the know, funnest just... experience on one of these sets? Like, is there like a, a juicy story or something that would be little known facts that 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 they'll be worth sharing? Um, ah oh man, I got stories, but I can't say them. It's like, <laughs> I can no. tell you personally. Yeah, yeah, you can. But... That's fair. That's fair. And and I don't want you at, at all. It's just like a case of like for for somebody who's never been on them, right? Hollywood and this seems like such a first of it it's such a distant reality like it has nothing to do with uh, anything I've ever gotten close to I don't know about you Neil uh, yeah so it's one of those things where I imagine it's so hard work it's long hours it's probably way more tedious than what like the glamorous oh, right so what are overly the tedious things? so what's the best thing of remove all the tedious stuff what's the funnest part of being on a set like that once again, it's the people that you have around you. Yeah. Because when you're tired and it's you've been doing the dumbest shit over and over, if you can't laugh at something, then what's the point? You know, if we're all dead and we're all just spent, the only people that you have around you is that's the energy that you have. So everybody has to pick each other up, laugh about something, even if it's like a negative something about what we're doing. Like, oh my God, they're doing another take. How many times do they need to see the same thing? It's like, okay, on uh, Black on Black Panther, if you look at some of the fight scenes on the hill, which they cut out all the awesome stuff that we did. But most of the time, we're, we were all talking about like, Hey, where do you guys want to go eat tonight? So we're doing like, like, ah, okay. So you guys want to go to like this place? Ah, okay. <laughs> and it's like literally, we're sitting there talking about like going out and party. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, I'm tired, so I'm gonna do a swipe. And you, I've actually seen one of the, I've seen one of the fight scenes. Like, oh shit, that's where they shoot. I I'm like, I heard her say. Do a swipe so I can fall down. I'm tired. <laughs> and it's like they got it got put in the movie. I was just like, I remember hearing her saying that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right. So are you a fan of this yourself? I'm trying to like, are you a fan of like is it are you hyped yourself about the opportunity to be on these kind of movies, or has it become so much of like just the normal reality or the, just the everyday life for you? Or um it's it's my job. Yeah. I don't get excited like anymore. I like I get excited when I get to uh work with somebody that I feel is a creator. That's exciting. Like I worked on flight and meeting Denzel Washington, seeing his process of becoming the character, not acting but becoming that character is seeing Robert Zdumekis that created Back to the Future, who's the super nicest dude ever. He signed my Back to the Future's Hot Wheel. Like, I collect Hot Wheels. I'm a nerd. 
sir. Oh, I love it. Uh, dude, are you seeing the things behind me in real as well? Oh, dude, I have so <clears throat> many nerdy things. Like, this is this is one of my favorite things. It's an album that is the oh, yeah. Marvel versus Capcom 2 album. There's only 200 of them in the world. Nice one. <laughs> it's like, I, I like nerdy shit. Uh, and but you I, have just mentioned one of my favorite films ever and one of my favorite actors ever. So, yeah. Good in the folks. It's like, I've heard, like, talking to Denzel and, like, meeting his entire, like, crew and hanging out with them was great. Like, my friend, my really good friend, Mikey P, it blew his mind. I'm, we're sitting there, like, packing up some lights, and Denzel's walking down the hall. And he's like, Chris, what's up? And I just get up. I was like, Denzel, what's up, my homie? I give everybody a high five. I just go back to like putting some lights around. And I, I like look over to the left. I'm like, what are you doing? Help me put these lights away. He's like, you know Denzel? I was like, yeah, they're cool. I mean, he's a nice dude. But I just saw it as normal. And the first time you must have met him, there must have been some sort of like just a little bit. There was, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a story. Cool, I would do. I would pull it off the same way. I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a the reason why I met him is a that's a story. Oh so, my god. So here's here's what's gonna happen now. I'm just gonna be flat out honest. Like we're we're at that mark of where I know that uh, this conversation kind of have gone all over the place. It's all over the place, right? And I think we're better off of actually like ending this round with you and you and I or Neil and I can kind of discuss about having you back if you would want to where yeah. where we could then discuss prior of what would be like the, the focus area of it because the MMA is something I would love to talk about that could be a show in itself and hearing these stories now that there's a lot to uh, to kind of dive into so how does that sound would you be up for that if we kind of just yeah totally down Neil are you part of that deal as well no that sounds great to me all right. I mean, because, come on. Just the fact that how me and Endai met. See, even like, that we haven't. And Endai is kind of like a star on the show already. We alluded to it the last time that uh, that he's he's kind of been the driver of a lot of people. So there's there's a lot of stuff here. But I want to make it within the realms of like, can you teach me that right? That it, there has to be some sort of like that somebody can walk away because I think we can talk for hours, which I would love to. <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, so you did the same thing to me yesterday when we were on the phone. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it's in the essence of like, I want to make sure that, that that these don't go all over the place. That I have to write a description for these, man. I have to. No, write. I understand. <laughs> oh, dude, I got, I, I have experiences and stories for days. Just, it's, just, it's weird. Just write the description. Learn stuff. Learn stuff with, with Chris Moore. Yeah. And essentially, I told you yesterday, <laughs> like, I work for electronic arts and we could probably talk for days about like some of these and, and what that experience was like. And, yeah. And so, so. What I'm going to do now is Neil usually finishes off with a question here and then I, I'm going to just let you know we're, we're going to reschedule here. Uh, okay, that's cool. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this, Chris. Like, no, I, I appreciate it, man. Uh, like, I'm, I'm sorry it took so long, a lot of stuff, but I'm happy to be on here. This I is, really am. That's awesome. It's been so much fun just this year, but I'm trying to like think of, you've said so many things that I'm trying to figure out what do we want to pick it up on next time. But anyways, Neil, what do you got for? Okay, so obviously you alluded to the fact that when you're younger, cartoons were a big part of your life. 
what is your favourite cartoon as a child? <laughs> My favourite cartoon as a child. And why? Mm. <sighs> I'd like... Looney Tunes were my favorite cartoons. Like, just Looney Tunes together. And Did that why? include Pink in the Brain? No. Pink <sighs> in the Brain was WB. I'm talking about old school Looney Tunes I watched as a kid because they were racist as fuck. Well, like, yeah. And that's <laughs> I why I love see them. that coming. <laughs> I, I'm racist as hell. Actually, like, I, like, but I'm, it's like I'm racist, but I hate everybody. But I love everybody. It's so weird. But I make the the craziest racist jokes ever, and I just find them hilarious. I yeah. But I love Looney Tunes, like Elmer Fudd. Like, come on. So Marvin the Martian, he's a nigger. Think about it. They used to think black people in America were from you know outer space. He wore sneakers. He talked in a weird language. And he, they always saw black people as seeing, wanting to destroy the fabric of America. He wanted, he always wanted to, I want to throw the world from that puker to explore the space modulator. He wanted to destroy everything. So the, the thing is, in reality is like, that's very, like our upbringing, of course, my, I'm from Denmark. That's like, I will never be able to relate necessarily to that story. I can see it coming from your perspective. I would imagine Neil has a completely different perspective on, of a British upbringing, but that's so fascinating to hear that. That is the first, uh, I've never heard that, uh, that, that theory or description around it, but I can totally see coming from your perspective. So I didn't have that perspective, no. but I have heard of it before. I mean, it's like, he was like none other. He was just very, he was controlling, he was destructive, but with no reason. It's like, ah, I need a better view at the moon, so I'm gonna blow up the earth. It's like, well, motherfucker, you know, they both rotate. So eventually you're gonna get a better view of it. And if you have a spacecraft, which you do, why not just go there? Cool. Let's end it on that. Chris, uh, is there anything, where do you, if, if people want to get a hold of you and maybe there's a job waiting for you or there's a voice I can whatnot, what would be the way that they can uh, get a hold of you? Um, I guess you can hit me on my Instagram, uh, which would be zombiekid404. Uh, it would be a picture of me, but I have a beard because I had to cut my beard for stunts. But it's a picture of me and Beast like, from X-Men. So... That's all right. We'll link it below. But see, even that now you just kind of glazed over a story of you had to cut your beat for a stunt. Like that's a story in itself that I want to hear. So we got to get you back on. Uh, dude, thank you so much for, for taking the time out. And we'll thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. No worries. Stick around. I'll end it now, but stick around. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, bro.